this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Welcome to the award-winning Interest in Health and Safety podcast, making health and safety as important as everything else we do in business. And now your host, health and safety specialist, mentor and speaker, Colin Nottage. Hi there, Colin Nottage here and welcome to the Interest in Health and Safety podcast. First of all, I'd love uh, to say uh, thank you from our sponsors, um, Project Miletium. Now, if you're looking to grow and learn as an individual within the health and safety profession, then please check out www.projectmiletium.com. It'd be great to have you as part of the community. Today, I'm sharing a, an episode of, um, of a live LinkedIn discussion that I had with uh, a gentleman called Christian Harris, who's been on the show uh, a few times um, from Slip Safety Services, and also a guy called uh, Jonathan Dempsey. Again, Jonathan's been on the show um, about six, six or eight months ago, and uh, and runs a company called uh, Red Laces. And um, we meet up once a week on LinkedIn and have uh, discussions about health and safety, uh, health and safety topics. Um, so you'll be getting plenty of these uh, these episodes coming out as I see that they're appropriate. Um, this uh, this week we talk about uh, communication in uh, health and safety, the importance of good communication. So hey, let's hand over to. Uh, Let's hand over to myself, Christian, and uh, Jonathan, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Um, welcome to another of our uh, weekly LinkedIn live sessions with uh, an expert panel talking about all matters to do with safety and risk. Um, I'm Christian Harris, if you don't know me, founder of Slip Safety Services, um, host of the Safety and Risk Success podcast, and I'm joined today by Jonathan and Colin, who will introduce themselves in a minute, and we're hoping that uh, Dan Looney will be joining us shortly too. Uh, the topic today is going to be all around communication, so the importance of communication when it comes to safety and risk, how do we do it, when do we need to do it, and so on and so forth. Um, I'm going to hand over to Jonathan to kind of facilitate that discussion. Uh, we'd love for you to join in with uh, likes, uh, comments, questions. Um, if anybody watched last week, uh, we haven't opened up the stream to everybody because we had a few gate crashes causing nuisance, um, but uh, we very much welcome interaction uh, on the stream. So with that, I'll hand over to you, Jonathan, give us a quick intro, and then we can uh, we can get into it and Colin can introduce himself shortly. Good morning, everybody. Uh, I'm Jonathan Dempsey, uh, founder and director at Red Laces, a management consultancy that helps businesses with risk, safety and compliance at redlaces.co.uk. Uh, we also help uh, with mentoring services, media and marketing. Uh, we're actually streaming live at the moment on Clubhouse as well. So if you are on Clubhouse uh, in the Let's Talk Risk and Safety Club, you can actually listen to this audio only. I'll hand over to Colin. Good morning. Good morning, uh, guys, and good morning, uh, people that are, that are joining us today. Thank you ever so much for taking some time and coming to listen. Yeah, my name is uh, Colin Nottage. Um, I uh, run a health and safety, mainly health and safety consultancy. We're doing a lot of environmental and quality work called Influential Management uh, Group, IMG. Um, and uh, I also am the host of the Interesting Health and Safety podcast. So that's a, a little bit about me. Great, thank you. So, so today we're talking about um, communication, and, and really, this is a, I guess one of our early LinkedIn lives. We've done this a few times on Clubhouse, and one of the reasons I guess we're looking at communication is because it's something that actually affects all of us. We all have a role to play, 
and it cuts away the jargon. So straight away, this isn't a heavy technical session. It's something we'd really like you to all get involved in uh, and share your experiences, maybe ask you some of your questions. Um, Christian and Colin are both podcasters as well. So uh, in terms of communication, wherever you are, um, yeah, these guys uh, you know, can be in your ear, ear drops uh, wherever you are all the time. So maybe we'll just start with it. more... <laughs> Maybe to start with a general, just a general question: of what, what what does communication mean to you, Christian? What when you hear the word communication, what does it what does it mean to you? Um, I think for me, communication is all about uh, influencing people. I suppose is how I would put it. So um, that's probably why Collins uh, named his company using that that word or, or a variant of that word. So you know, good communication is all about getting people to understand what you want of them, expect of them. Uh, would like them to do and delivering that in a concise way that that they understand and and therefore they can they can act upon I think that's how I would sum it up so then Colin on the other side of that to some extent what do you hear of when you hear the term risk or safety um right um I mean risk risk and safety in respect of communication obviously I mean it's about sorry sorry do you want to to do Give us a better question, Jonathan. We're talking about communication. Let's have a slightly better question. Well, I guess the point I'm trying to get to is kind of what, what yeah, because there's a perception, isn't there? A lot of the work that we do uh, within the world of risk and safety and compliance is around changing perception, trying to influence. So the starting point is that, you know, everybody's got a view when they hear about communication, what it means to them. And then also when people hear the word or the term risk or safety, there's also a t- there's also some thoughts that come into the head. Mm-hmm. And actually, then, is there a, is there a two things we're trying to do then? If we because if somebody automatically thinks of communication, it's something I want to get involved in. If somebody thinks risk and safety, that's something I don't want to get involved in. Almost mm-hmm. there's the motivation or the, our purpose for communicating. Okay, I get, I get what you're saying now. Then I mean, yeah. So you know, so risk and safety have got you know, a, a, it, in some people's eyes, have got a, have got a bad uh, you know a bad press. I suppose is what uh, is what we're, we're trying to say here. And um, you know, I think for I think for me, you know, you know, what communication is really about is is it's it's about a, a, a cross flow of information. You know, it's about it's about giving and receiving, and probably you know more. It's more about receiving than giving. You know, we 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 should spend more time actually listening to uh, to people than necessarily you know saying talking to people. And so from a from a risk perspective, perspective you know if we and from a safety perspective if if people are are spending more time going out and listening to how people work how people do their jobs how people are, are you know are, are being affected by the environments that, that that businesses are asking people to to go and work in then then that's that's got to be a good thing you know and the more the more time you can spend find it finding that out by communicating is you know and that's and to be fair going out is only one way you know, there's. I'm sure there'll be a few things that we speak about as we go through today. But um, you know, that's just that's just one way that's uh, that we can that we communicate is spend time in the field. Absolutely, and I'm sure we'll talk a lot about uh, today's communication. Actually, the the ways that we communicate, the mechanism that we use to communicate. One of the things that probably to start off with is the uh, um, how we can actually communicate almost without saying anything, but actually by being present. So picking up on your point, Colin, and something that we referred to uh, in last week's live session was leaders getting out of the boardroom uh, and actually getting onto site or getting onto the front line and actually just by being present and observing and actually seeing what goes on, seeing the work that's being done and what some of the challenges are and experience some of that. Um, would, would you say, Christian, that that in itself is a form of communication, actually just by being present? I'm sure it is. Um, and, I'm, and I'm failing to do that because I'm, I'm monitoring the chat and, and doing all sorts of other things. But no, you're right, it is. Um, I think... 
particularly if you're in a leadership role, you've got to be um, seen uh, and, and heard um, so people know that you're involved and actively um, taking an interest in what they're doing. Otherwise, they're not going to be inspired and, and kind of listen to what, you're do- what you want them to do. And I think, sorry, John, I mean, one thing I'd like to say there, I think there's, um, you know, being seen, being seen is part of it. Okay. Um, you know, if you take health and safety, um, you know, everybody wears Ivy's clothing, you know, even, even when they don't need to, you know, so, so being seen is, uh, you know, is easy, but it's, it's how, it's how you interact, you know, I mean, and it's, it's how, it's how you're felt. I mean, there is a term visible felt leadership and, you know, whether you like that or not, you know, that's it's something that's out there. And I think, you know, if, if it's, it's the, it's, it's the, the feeling bit, is the is the important bit yeah you can be visible you can be seen um but if if people don't don't actually do actually feel what it is that you're trying to bring to the table or if you don't feel what they're trying to bring to the table then 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 you're missing out and that harkens back a little bit to something we spoke a bit about last week around uh i think it was last week anyway on here around you know uh, safety is our number one priority is mm. said but if it isn't felt uh, by everybody in the organisation, then it won't be delivered. Mm-hmm. So it's almost, so there's actually something in here of communication about what isn't said. So the hidden meaning or what comes along. So something about being authentic, that authenticity, the motivation behind a message um, and people actually taking that. So re- reading between the lines is a phrase that would have been said in the past, isn't it? Uh, so if you go back to thinking of print media, because a lot of media now is very different, but reading between the lines. So, we need our business leaders and I guess to help business leaders then to feel comfortable, to feel that they can be vulnerable to ask a question and to understand and take that time to be curious mm. as opposed had, to trying to push a message out there. Yeah, we've had a, a good comment from uh, from Paul Daly saying the, the effectiveness of our communication should be judged on the response it gets. Mm. Turn the light back on ourselves. Too often we as an industry probably complain that people aren't listening. Uh, to safe systems of work procedure or whatever it might be uh, without fully analyzing is our communication actually clear love that i love that i love that comment and i think it's a you know it's it you know we we do spend you know we we do spend too much time pushing stuff one way you know and and we've got to you know we've got to open ourselves up you know there's no way there's no way that the you know that the the documentation or the safe systems of work or the procedures or whatever it is that uh, that have been produced are actually going to be suitable for every every job on every day every time you know and it's about it's about listening to to the people and finding out you know finding out well what are the issues what are the problems what are the barriers that they're that they're having they're coming up against you know and how are they and how are they dealing with them because you know ultimately you know and, and rather than writing it down you know which is everyone is you know is, is just being really comfortable that in actual fact the way that they say that they're going to deal with it we are we're really really we're really comfortable with and i think that's the you know that's the bit for me mm-hmm. i'm going through a bit of a journey with with as you guys know with with my business and, and working with some insurance companies on a uh, a sort of training platform for want of a better term to use a very basic uh, explanation and uh, and we're looking at that being a sort of international thing so this is a topic actually i've been thinking a lot about uh, in that context of you know how do i ensure that the message i'm putting across albeit it's english-speaking countries is going to be fully understood because you know the way that we explain something in um uk english might be different to the way the same thing is explained in American English, for example. So that's a, an interesting uh, quandary to have. 
And 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 what is your answer? Have you what is your answer to that? I mean, I've got an idea, Christian, but what's your answer to that? Uh, well, what we're trying to do is um, enable some feedback. So basically, we're setting up kind of these these training modules, but then we're going to have um, a regular sort of webinar and opportunities for feedback and clarifications and things like that. So trying to set up a bit of a feedback loop. So we'll do our best um, to communicate as clearly as we can. But if, if we find that it isn't landing for whatever reason, then we'll obviously be able to get that feedback quickly and, and improve. Um, that's the idea anyway. Yeah. And I think, you know, for me is, you know, one of the things is, is you know, find somebody who's got a similar outlook to you in that country mm. to actually deliver the message, you know, rather than it being, you know, necessarily yours. You know, we, you know, as you know, we've got an online uh, sort of uh, health and safety tool that's got lots of questions in there, you know, mm. and it's like, you know, and, and we're, you know, we're, we're working with the, with the business and, and actually saying, right, well, let's in different countries, let's get people from those countries to write the questions rather than they being written in, written in English, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, you know, because people do look at different terms. They look at different, uh, different words and they have different meanings mm. and, you know, and so it's getting that, uh, getting that understanding. And to be totally honest with you, the same happens in the UK, doesn't it? How somebody yeah. says something in, in the Southwest is, is completely different to how somebody says something in Newcastle. Yeah. And, you know, and so when you're, when you're in a business and when you're in an organization that has got a, a you know, a, a national reach or a, a global reach, then, you know, why would you want one size fits all with your communication style? You know, you, you know, I think the, the, the thing is, is, is consistency of message. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, and, and the, the, and the intensity needs to be, needs to be the same, but, but the, you can, you can definitely work around, you can definitely work around it. Yeah. I did, uh, I did um, languages, for, for uh, at school and for my degree was in French so um that's that's always an interesting thing around translation you know I know that's a different another level but you know how do you say something uh in French or translate something from French to English to get the same resonance and the cultural uh impact and all that stuff and it's not it's not always possible to do it exactly you know you have to just kind of do the best thing you can but yeah it helps to have that context I saw I saw a great post on LinkedIn the other day about people that were trying to um, uh, uh, speak. Was it easier to learn Spanish or English? And there was there was like different words, you know, different ways that words were being um, being used. And 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 basically, you know, our, our languages are quite complex, aren't they? You know, and there's there's so many different ways to you know to, to pronounce a word to have a different yeah. meaning. You know, even yeah. with the same spelling. You know, so it's uh, you know it's very you know it's it's, it's complicated. If it was easy. We wouldn't be here talking about it, would we? So that's very true. Yeah, that's yeah. very true. Um, yeah, very true. How have you seen, Colin, um, communication around risk and safety? Let's say evolve over the last ten, five, ten years. Have you? And obviously, social media has become a, a bigger tool now. So there's a almost a democracy of communication. Any. Well, you can tell me, but more people can more readily start a podcast now or a YouTube channel or get content out there. Whereas 20 years ago, essentially, we were all consumers of, of, of information. How, how are you seeing that change in the safety world, risk world? So I think, well, I think I, I think the, the way that people consume information has changed just in society, not just within health and safety. And I think, you know, people don't want long form um, as much as they used to. 
I think people are looking for, for, for just short, sharp snippets, you know, just very, very bite-sized bits of information that they can, they can consume and digest almost immediately and, and either take something out of it or chuck it away. And you just look at, you know, all the, all the time, you know, when people are using social media and it's, and there's always a bit of a quandary, I feel that, you know, that, uh, you know, there's, we've got a fantastic device that pretty much every person in the UK and, and you know, and many, many people around the world own a phone. Okay, and you've got access to a phone. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of businesses that, that actually ban the use because there's a concern about say, using a phone when you're operating a piece of machinery. And I get that, but it's also an absolutely fantastic way of, of getting messages to, to people. And you know, I was with I was um, chatting to a guy up in um, up in Hull the other day who's um, and he's just some, he's done something really really simple. He's just set up a WhatsApp group for his um, for his site, just for the for the for the people on the site to to either give him issues that he needs to address or the site or good stuff that they see and and it's just it just becomes something that just snowballs you know and they can yeah. you know it just becomes such an easy format to just take a photo send a comment whatever it may be and it just and it, and it moves away from having to go and fill out this near miss reporting procedure or this uh this best practice procedure or whatever it may be just utilize something that's there but obviously do it in a way that's not going to put yourself or your colleagues at risk if you're operating a bit of kit I was chatting the other day to a guy who uh, who's called Guy, funnily enough, who um, works in the leisure industry, um, talking about kind of communication to uh, members around, you know, gyms are reopening. Uh, this is what we're going to do with your direct debits and all that sort of stuff. And he was telling me that um, he is a big um, supporter of using text messaging because apparently, you know, while the open rate for an email, for example, uh, is is you know maybe twenty percent or thirty percent or whatever, but the open rate for a text message is like ninety seven percent, and actually the um, responsive action uh, percentage to a text is massively high as well. So you know it's a good way of thinking about as you say, we've got this amazing device in our hands. Um, let's think about different ways of of using it. So it's not just what we're saying, but how we're saying it as well. And I think when you know when you you know when you look at how you know especially younger the younger generation that are coming through and I'm I'm not being ageist or uh, ageist at all here but you know just just things like you know Twitter you know and just things like um um some of the some of the dating apps that they use you know where it is literally look and swipe look and swipe look and swipe and uh, you know and and that's you know that is how people are um you know people are, are communicating and listening sorry that's me uh, making a noise there on my phone um it's um you know it's, it's this you know let's do the same when we're when we're getting when we're getting a message out there let's just have a you know a, a two or three words you know let's let's just have you know you know do you remember many years ago there was a there was um hill street blues um was a you know it was a, a cop show wasn't it and and at the very end the guy said at the end of the thing you know be safe out there or be careful out there or something like that you know or just you know just little messages like that you could just put out to your to your to your workers especially if they've got a particular job coming up you know like hey look you know we're working at height today. Let's just really think about working at height. Don't need to say any more on that. You know, I just keep it short, sharp to the point. Bang. Yeah. Certainly, if, uh, if we come back to our earlier point about being authentic, I think because if that was a, if it's genuine and people know that you genuinely mean it, then absolutely that could be really powerful because it's like it's not just saying be safe. It's it's look, you have my support. We're behind you all the way. We we're going to help you do the right thing. And it's absolutely. I think that's the key thing, isn't it? It's that st- you, two leaders could say the same thing. But the feeling or the, the meaning behind that, the way it's taken about, could mean a very different thing. We're getting some banter from James McPherson in the audience here saying uh, three old men talking about the younger generation. Yeah, I know. 
we can learn though james you know it's all about learning mate you know what i mean and we can uh we can definitely learn learn from the uh just, from the whippersnappers like uh like you the, uh... i just look old i don't know i'm not actually that old, I just look <laughs> old. Uh. here's um back, back last year um the double irsm the international institute of risk safety management asked me to put together top five tips on communication and th- there's there's always a million things that you could suggest but i've got the, the five that i went with i'd be interested in your thoughts of whether you think one or more is is different better or you put one um the first one was ask more open questions for me, that was the number one to start with. Ask more open questions. So not are we legal, are we safe, are we compliant, but an open question that invites some, some content. Number two was collaborate proactively. Number three was social listening. So an individual level, the active listening, but in an organisation, what's going on, really taking that the time. Number four was be creative and be curious. And number five was be accessible, trying to give information to people that's personal. It's when they need it and it's where they need it, which kind of then plays into that social media of being available on different platforms. So of those five, are there any that you would pick out, um, Colin, as being one that resonates more strongly or, or would you have a different a different number one that you'd go in with as a, as a top tip around communication? Okay. I mean, I think, you know, um, I think the, the five, just from what you've said there, obviously just listening to them for the very, very first time that you said it, taking it in, there was some really valid stuff that you had there. Okay. I think what is going to be more important or less important is going to depend on the situation and the state of the organization at that particular point in time. Um, being creative. I think I love that idea. Um, you know, I, I worked a couple of years ago with, um, with, with a company where we did what was called some social graffiti, you know, which is about, you know, about writing messages on the floors of where people are walking as, you know, and rather than having it up on a notice board, putting it in a completely different location. And, um, you know, and, and it was just, you know, just really, really impactful for a short amount of time. And this is the thing, you know, you know, whatever you do is, you know, you have to keep on mixing it up. You have to keep on changing it. I, um, you know, w- with respect to text messaging, I really get what I really get what you're talking about there, um, uh, Christian, but you've got also got to be careful with it. I, um, you know, I, I've lost a lot of weight in the last uh, in the last few uh, last six months. Okay, and I've been on a program with some guys who have been really, really effective at motivating me and getting me getting me challenged on what I need to do. And when I first started on the program, I can remember getting on a on a Wednesday morning. I got a personal message from the leader of the uh, of the organisation saying, "Hey, Colin, you know, great big day today. Do this, do that." And I thought, "Wow, this is amazing. This is fantastic." In week two on that Wednesday morning, I got the same message. In week three, I got the same message. In week four, I got the same message. Mm. That message, I, I, you know, to be totally honest with you, I was a little bit peed off at the end, and I thought yeah. that wasn't actually meant for me. That mm. was a that was a bot that's that's produced yeah. that. And so that's that comes back to this authenticity, Jonathan, that you're talking about there. And and you know, and you, you, you it's so much it's so much more important to be authentic than it is to be perfect. You know, and it's you know, and 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 that for me is 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 about getting you know whatever it is that you're going to put out, whatever message you're going to be putting out, believe in it. And if it's not quite the right message, it matters. It matters less than getting the absolute right message, but delivering it in an inauthentic way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that's uh, that's a really good point. Um, it's something you know with uh, any sort of marketing as well. There's this big thing about personalization and stuff like that isn't there with marketing um which you know is effective is obviously a form of communication um and if you get it wrong then it can go very wrong because it's kind of clear you know you, how many times have you had a linkedin message with like hi first name or or an email with hi first name or something like that and it just it just puts you off totally doesn't it yeah yeah that's right um i think the thing for me around what i would say around i, th- I thought the five points were excellent as well 
um, the biggest thing for me, I think I said this at the start, is clarity as well, because I think if you're not clear as to what you're trying to say and what outcome you want to inspire from that communication, then you're never going to achieve what you want. So I, I fully agree, by the way, that it doesn't have to be perfect, but I think you've got to um, think pretty carefully about what you're looking to, what outcome you're looking to get, and then what's the best way, uh, all, all the, the, all the, uh, the best way for now at least um, that I can get that message across in, in the right way and in the right form. Mm, well, absolutely. In terms of effectiveness, well, in terms of it's, it's always difficult when you label somebody and, and binary, yeah, yes or no, good or bad, um, so not something I would normally go for, but can we be a good communicator or a bad communicator or is everybody somewhere on that continuum and the thing that's going to really decide that is their curiosity and and wanting to be better so so for my view i i I could be better and i can strive to be better and i strive to be more effective as a communicator and i care so i just keep trying new things and getting feedback and keep trying so wherever i am on that continuum i don't think i'm good or bad but i think i'm 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 getting better where where do you see that christian can be do you do you think of people who you know the bad communicators or think of people who are good communicators or do you see people that are on a community you're on that continuum (coughs) Well, I think generally in life, not just talking about communication, uh, anybody that thinks they're good or, or, or something or bad at something is is uh, making a mistake. Um, I think we're always on a journey of learning and improving, or certainly that's that's what I believe. Mm. Um, uh, Colin and James, uh, who's in the chat, and I had a good uh, chat about personal development the other day um, for, for, for a podcast interview I was doing with the guys. And uh, to me, it's all about striving to be better, be better, be better, incremental gains. Um, you know, I think it's, I think I, I could point to people that are better communicators than others, but I do think everybody is on that that journey as they are with all things in, in life. That would be my view. And, and I, well, I think, um, um, you know, I, I think my opinion of how good a communicator I am is pretty irrelevant. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the person who, who, who it's important is the, is the person that, that they're communicating with and how do they feel? And, and there could be, there could be days when, when I am able, I'm a really great listener and I, and I really, I really take something on board that somebody said to me, um, you know, I think, you know, the point that you've made at, at the beginning about um, having, asking open questions, I think, you know, it's, um, I think what's more important is, is 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 listening to the open answers that come from those open questions, and and so it's nice to hear that you talked about active listening later on, um, because because you know you can ask you can ask all the questions in the world, but if you don't listen to any of the answers, then you've totally wasted your time. Um, so it's you know it's it's really important to me though that, that I could have great days and I can have bad days. Um, you know that I can have different pressures on the people that I'm that I'm chatting with. The, you know the people that I'm communicating with can have great days and bad days. And and so you, you what you can't do is you you mustn't judge you you mustn't judge it on the, at that particular point in time. You've uh, you know you've just got to look at the, the I suppose look at the bigger picture and, and ultimately are. Are you really understanding, you know, what's happening and, and other people in the business really, really understanding what's happening? And if you've got that, then you're in a great place. And if you haven't got that, then somewhere somebody's somebody's not listening. Not it's not it's not working, is it? Yeah. So and it comes back to that being authentic as well, because the uh, the asking the open questions actually was the flip of um well the first first podcast I interview I did with largely with James. Um and we looked at compliance, does compliance stop the conversation? And, and the context around it was many leaders will say, are we legal? Are we compliant? Are we safe? 
because it's actually a leading question, they actually don't want the answer. They actually want you to say, as the fire safety director or as the safety director, they want you to say, yes, we're okay. So actually we can now crack on with the rest of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of where it came from. So whilst obviously businesses need to, they need to meet their obligations and, and the compliance is an element of that, there's a, you know, we did see, and we spent an hour talking about the fact that actually it's again, that motivation as a leader, I want to be able to crack on and you tell me I'm okay. You tell me I'm going to stay out of jail. Of course, that creates a culture, and we've seen that with some headline uh, news, there's certain cases where uh, fire safety directors and others have actually felt compelled to give an answer they weren't comfortable with because mm-hmm. it created that that fear culture. So mm-hmm. how do you, you know, would, there will be times when you need a yes or no, but generally, would you say it's dangerous to only focus on closed questions, Colin? Um. Well, I think you know if you ask a if you ask a close question, then you're gonna you're, you're gonna you're gonna get a closed answer, you know. And if 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 that's what you're looking for, then then ask that. But you you don't you know. I would say don't don't ask close questions. Ask ask questions that that are giving the people the opportunity to tell a story, you know. And if somebody can tell a story, then 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 what they're going to do is they're going to tell it so much so much better. There's going to be so much more information there, um, and you know, and it, and it starts to put you know with you mentioned earlier about context you know the context is really really important you know so you know when you're you know when you're looking at after after an event when something's gone wrong you know if you if you're if you're if you're going down the route of of, of just pointing a finger and blaming and wanting a yes or no answer then you're not going to learn anything you're going to learn absolutely nothing and you know but whereas if you can if you can step into the shoes of the person you know and and, and try and find out and, and understand you know what it was the, the the part of the journey that they were on before that that event happened you're going to learn so much more from it and that's that that's only going to come about by by being more by being more open with the with the questions that you ask yeah it's a balance isn't it um you know you can see if you're uh, leading a big company you kind of need uh, to have you know you need to sort of have a a red or a green in, in many in many cases um but then it's about framing that question properly because the question isn't are we safe or not the question should be you know are we meeting uh, on balance the agreed objectives and outcomes and stuff about all, all the things we've discussed in an open uh, and collaborative way beforehand so that actually we're you know we're, we're we're again we're understanding we've got clarity about what we're both talking about and then you should that should avoid those difficult uh, those difficult conversations or difficult moments where you, you know the last thing you want is to put people under pressure to be giving you an answer that you uh, they don't want to give because they don't feel confident in it you know that's horrendous mm-hmm. um, yeah definitely wouldn't want to be in that position myself that's for sure mm-hmm. from your um webinars we've all done webinars conferences and that kind of thing um obviously that's uh, in the past year they've all gone virtual how have you found because all, all of us you know like being with people and sharing messages and hearing from it and meeting other people of course a lot of our webinars have had to almost be on zoom or the equivalent so it's it's been harder to get that interaction how how have you um christian first then colin how have you found that takeaway how you like to express that communication the fact that you can't be in a room of people you're having to go through a screen and rely on a chat function that's you know christian is literally now you're relying on a, a message coming through a chat how how have you how do you find that personally is it has, has impacted on you and, and are you looking forward to getting back out on a stage or back in front of a, a room of people um i think that 
there's obviously pros and cons. Like I, I, I've often spoken with people during this last year and, and said, you know, thank goodness that this happened now when we've got this kind of technology, because had it happened, uh, you know, I don't know about five years ago, but 10, 15 years ago, you know, it would have been much, much more difficult to be achieving uh, anything, wouldn't it, in terms of um, work, but also things like this of getting messages out there and, and events and stuff. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, technology um, because I think you can leverage your messages and communication. Uh, so for me, you know, um, I'd much rather uh, do an IOSH meeting uh, on, on Zoom uh, or in person and have 100 people listening than I would do 100 individual meetings uh, in that context, because actually it's about communicating a message out and getting limited feedback. Obviously, if it's, if it's different if you're, uh, you know, working with somebody on a project or whatever, that's a different thing. And actually, I think in that case, um, the face-to-face is really much much better way of doing it um but you know overall for me um you know we we it's been a benefit having this technology available i think it will improve the way that lots of things are done and you know the, the environmental impact the time the cost the efficiencies and things like that and that yeah i mean i i you know i agree with what you know what you said there christian i think you know from my perspective i think one one of the things that this this has done is definitely is it is has given me the opportunity to talk to so many more people you know so i can talk to somebody in australia or or america um or wherever around the world easily you know it's just a case of just getting a time when we can get together and and off we go you know and so that's uh you know that's 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 really great I think the you know the downside is I like to I like to express myself a bit more when I'm uh, when I'm talking, and um, and obviously you, you know you, you, if I started moving and walking around in this room, it, it would it would it wouldn't be very effective, and also I think you know there's a there's quite a lot of times you know on Zoom where you don't know when to butt in and say something, and you wouldn't have that in a room where there was people. You would just there's almost like a, a much more natural flow to conversations when you're in a room when you're talking when you're talking to people. And so, you know, so, you know, again, one, one of the things that you've done well today, Jonathan, is you've actually said, here's a question, right? You go first, Christian, Christian, and then, and then Colin, you go next. And that's great. That puts a little bit of order to it. You know, we know where we are. It gives us a chance to gather our thoughts and off we go. Um, you know, there's times when that doesn't happen and the question goes out there and then people don't know when to, when to come in, when to say something, you know, clubhouse is terrible for it. Yeah. That's one of the challenges. I was about to say, that's one of the difficulties of the clubhouse, isn't it? That you're yeah. sort of, uh, you, you, you at least here there's the visual clues of like I'm opening my mouth or I'm sitting up because and you can see somebody wants to uh, wants to talk so um, I do I do think you know zoom is uh, it's a bit like um, you know video is the, is the sort of alpha of of, uh, of marketing isn't it because actually you get to see people and you and you hear them as well and you get a bit more context and I think so zoom is is for me better than clubhouse from that perspective of of uh, an in-depth discussion. Of course, there's the, the the benefit of Clubhouse is the democratization, the fact that anybody can come up and speak, um, and obviously that is better than uh, than a telephone. Um, we've had a um, Andy Hawkes, uh, who you guys might know. He he's involved in the IIRSM. Uh, he was the uh, president, I think, um, until last year. He's he's asked a couple of questions, which I think are good ones, worthy of debate. So he said. Um, in a compliance-led or litigious environment, how does the open question uh, debate we just had square up? So when you're in court, 
the barrister will want to know the yes, no, and the evidence. What do people thought? What's your view on that, Jonathan? Because you've been a regulator, so you've, you've sat on the barrister side and the defendant side of that. Yeah, I had the, as a, as a rookie environmental health officer, I was actually cross-examined by a barrister for three and a half hours um, in, a, in, a, in a prosecution of a national retailer, which which was successful in actually a three-day trial. Um, so, and, and the barristers have got a, there's an art to how they talk. They tie you up in words. They, 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 I've ne- there's, no, there's nothing like it. Um I everything said earlier on about those top five tips. I would, I would hold heartily as a regulator, former regulator, um, go along with that as well. In my experience, of a, as being a regulator, a leader across lots of different industries, and and now as a consultant, the biggest barrier or the biggest risk of le- becoming, uh, say, prosecuted or, or, or sued is by sticking to the closed questions. If you ask the open questions, you're, you're showing a willingness to learn more what needs to be done and what support your teams need. You want to know more about what, what the requirements are. Um, actually saying no. So are we legal? Are we safe? You're on a hiding, to, you're on a slippery slope um, because you're, for one, you're relying on the competence of your teams to have all the answers and to be able to give you an answer. And they might not know. And I would suggest, and certainly from the experiences I've had, is that organisations where the leadership are asking, are we legal, are we compliant, are we safe, their health and safety teams are perhaps um, less well resourced, uh, less well um, supported to be able to have the answers. I'll give an example in, in logistics. Um, if you imagine a, a, a health and safety team have carried out the risk assessments and they're looking at uh, activities within the yard around people and vehicles and that kind of thing, the likelihood that they know of incidents where people are jumping up and down, uh, jumping out of cabs, jumping up off the um, the docking areas and whatever at two o'clock in the in the morning, the likelihood that they're aware of that is remote until there's an incident. And on investigation, when the CCTV is looked at for the previous two or three days, and we find out actually this is just common, this is behaviour, this is what happens. There's a culture of that. The likelihood that the team know is remote. So the board aren't going to know. Whereas actually, if we say we've got a risk assessment, it's not a document. It's it's helping us to understand what the issues are. Where might that not be working? What time of day? Which sites may that not be quite as effective as we want to be? Let's go and have a look. That's where you're going to find your, your support. So absolutely, closed questions are the problem, not the open questions when it comes to uh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm obviously much more uh, niche um, than, than than the two of you. Um, so, you know, my my deep knowledge is in my particular area around around slips and falls and stuff. But I mean, are, are there areas where uh, of other of other aspects of safety and risk where you know it would come down to a single, or it could come down to a single yes or no? Are you are you compliant or not? And that could define a, 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 the outcome of a court case. Or, or do we think it's a bit more nuanced than that? I think I think it definitely I think it definitely definitely could you know I mean you know if if if, uh, if 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 the question is asked is you know do you was the lifting equipment in date you know it's it's going to be a very very simple straightforward yes yes or no answer you know but uh, and I think the thing is is you know if if you're going if you're having to go to court you know it's uh you know something that I've had I, I've been involved with in the past it's you know it it can be a very very um, difficult environment for for people to go into. It's an unusual environment. It's not one that uh, that people are used to going into. I think the thing is 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 you, you need to have a bit of uh, of awareness, maybe a bit of coaching before you go in there. I think the important thing is 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 not to tr- not to lie. You know, just go in and tell tell it as it is. Tell 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 things as truthfully as you possibly can. 
but don't necessarily offer information just answer the questions that are, that are posed to you and you know and you know and, and the minute the minute you start to trial him you know and, and and fatten out an answer then then that is when you can then start to get start to get tripped up and so so i think you know the point i suppose really that we're making here is that there's there's different ways and there's different ways of communicating in different in different contexts in different environments and you know there's certain environments where all you want to do you know pre-incident almost you know is is lots and lots of open stuff within your own business i think the more open you can be the better but once you start to to move into into environments where where things are uh, um you know are a little bit more litigious then um then then maybe you have to you have to be a little bit more guarded mm. but again it's um you know it you, you still just want to be honest you've got to be honest mm. yeah 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 that makes that makes sense to me um thinking about you know slips and trips uh, my experience is that you know if there's a slip test uh, evidence and it and it doesn't meet the hsc benchmark then it's mm. quite difficult to defend uh, that claim um but it's not i wouldn't say it's impossible um because you can layer on others other things to around the control measures it's not but the example you gave though is much clearer you know if you've got a piece of equipment and needs to be in order to be uh, deemed as safe by the HSC, it has to have been tested every twelve months or something, and you haven't mm. done that. Then, of course, you know that is that does become more black and white, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Just just a, just a detail on there. It's worth checking what the legal obligation is. In the um, the case that I was involved in, the the barrister actually tried to persuade the the court that the knife uh, involved was actually safe to use. Uh, and as I pointed out to the barrister and to the court, the law didn't actually, the wording of the law wasn't that the knife was safe. The law was that the knife needed to be maintained in good and effective condition, or words that fact. And I was able to demonstrate that it hadn't been maintained in good and effective condition. So again, this is where that binary, are we safe, are we not safe? It, it's it's closing down the, the 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 learning and the understanding as opposed to exploring what are our obligations? What would we need to do? not just to protect our teams and our business and our profitability, but actually what are our obligations? And, you know, the legislation will have different wording. It's not just, are we safe? Are we not safe? It's way more. Complex. Mm. Yeah. Right. Uh, out of interest, how, how do you argue that a knife is safe to use? <laughs> I, I wouldn't necessarily argue. Well, no, I'm just uh, what, did, what was the <laughs> argument that was made? <laughs> so, so, well, the, if, if you can remember that far back. It, well, I, I, suggested that it wasn't uh, safe to yeah. use as far as it hadn't been maintained in, in mm. the condition it needed to be obviously that wasn't the whole basis of the case no. yeah. there was the train lack of training and and all the other investigations that went with it so it'll be very rare very rare that there'll be a whole prosecution based on one particular fact yeah of course yeah, yeah, yeah. i was just being a bit facetious <laughs> i'm sure i'm conscious of time and uh, i mean we can we can talk about are there any other questions or comments coming in christian uh, not since Andy's last one, no. But if if anyone's got any questions, then please, you know, please do fire fire away. Um, we'll start wrapping up in the next few minutes. But um, very happy to to take any more questions. We've had a few general comments, uh, enjoying and 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 uh, and appreciating it. But um, I've managed to pick up the questions as they've come in so far. I think what my takeaway point from today in our conversation would be 
ask more open questions for everybody at every level of the organization. Uh, but particularly, I think, for, the, for business leaders is to be more curious, to work out what more, not just what more uh, you know, we need to do to, to meet our obligations, but what more support do you need in your role? You know, what, what is working well, what isn't working well? And, and, to, and to drive more collaboration across an organization as well, to create that environment where people can get an understanding of what more is going on because that can help profitability as well. If a health and safety team, rather than asking for support for an IT system, actually is collaborating with the IT department, they'll know that the IT department have just got resource for a brand new system. If they know that the HR department are using, you know, bringing in a new payroll system, there's got, a, there's got a risk module that they could get in there at the same time that's going to help. You know, it's by collaborating, by asking more open questions. If everybody's being curious then that's how we learn. And if there are problems, then we can pick them out and start to prioritize how we deal with them. Mm-hmm. No, good, good point. Yeah. I think, I think you know, for me, I think, um, <clears throat> you know, the, if you feel that you're really good at communicating, okay, then um, just look in the mirror <laughs> or maybe go and have a chat to other people um, and really find out, um, you know, find out from the, from the person that you are, you know, you're, you're engaging with um, and, and keep on practicing it. You know, it's, it's, it's something that, that you just need to strive to get better and better and better at. And I think, you know, one of the, one of the issues that businesses face is, is the better that they get at communicating. So the expectations of the people within the business rises. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, they have to get better and better and better. So just because you've moved things forward and you've, and you've got good, then, then you're going to have to get better and better and better. And, you know, and, and, and I think if you do that and if, you, if you're continually striving, I was chatting to a guy yesterday, okay, and within their business, and I love this, they had a director of happiness. Mm. And I thought, what a lovely, what a lovely role. And that person, the per, that person's role in that, they had, they had lots of other things that they had to do in the business. They weren't just going around telling jokes, okay, but what they were doing is they were, they were really looking at how if, how effective was the was the culture in the business. Did people enjoy working there? And you know, and that was part of their role. And I thought, what a, what a beautiful what a beautiful business that is to work in. And it might it might think it's a little bit uh, a little bit woohooey, but it's actually really really valuable. And um, <clears throat> you know, and and just create that environment where people can be open, honest. And, uh, and they trust people. And if you've got that, then your communication's working and your business is going to be successful. Yeah, I, I fully agree with that. I think, you know, for, for me, um, one of the uh, messages that we need to communicate or, and, or help people to communicate is that safety isn't just safety and risk management isn't just risk management. It's actually all about that. It's about producing that feeling of protection and feeling of safety and feeling of comfort, Um because that's when people will do their best work. And then, you know, as a business, you know, safety then isn't a cost, it's an enabler for uh, high performance and, and all the benefits mm-hmm. um, that that brings with it. So, yeah, I think the more people that have uh, directors of happiness, the better. <laughs> Brilliant. That's a great note to finish on, I think. <laughs> I'll to beat that one. Definitely. <laughs> well, um, thanks, thanks, uh, uh, Jonathan and Colin. Um, and thanks to everybody that's uh, that's joined in the discussion. Uh, we'll be back here uh, next week. Um, I d- we haven't agreed a topic for next week, but we'll we'll uh, we'll let you know. Uh, but it'd be great to see uh, see some more of you back here again. Um, if you're interested and you want to maybe join us uh, on the Zoom, so we record this on Zoom and we stream it out uh, and, and join in the panel, then that would be great. You know, so uh, James, I'm sure one day we can get you up, and Andy, you know, if you're still watching, it'd be great to. Uh, to get you up as well uh, and give us some of your perspectives.
and as we said last week we'd love to get some uh some uh, uh non-males up on, on on with us as well and try and diversify out a bit as well so uh thanks very much for for, for joining in thanks very much for watching the questions and uh we enjoyed it and we'll see you again next week thanks a lot thank you bye-bye Christian, Jonathan, thanks so much for uh, for that three quarters of an hour or so that we had together. I say every single week I'm live on LinkedIn. Uh, we do a live session. There's also a, a clubhouse room, so if you're at a clubhouse, then uh, then please check uh, that out as well. Um, we will um, um, be putting out plenty more topics. If you if you've got a topic that you'd like us to discuss and talk about, if you'd like to come on the show, then uh, then please get in touch. You know, give us a call and we can get you up on the uh, live LinkedIn show and have a good discussion about some really key and important topics um, from a health and safety perspective and risk perspective. Anyway, um, speak to you soon. All the best. Bye-bye now. Thanks for listening to the Interest in Health and Safety podcast. You can follow and engage on Facebook and LinkedIn by searching the Interesting Health and Safety Community or go to www.influentialmg.com. And remember, let's make health and safety as important as everything else we do in business. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilised in the real world as the only solution available, as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Colin Nottage. <laughs>